comforting classics, fresh new content, something old, something new. Join Emma and Lucy each month for a new podcast from Fan Critical. Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Old, Something New, the Fan Critical podcast where Lucy, that is myself, and Emma, hello, also here, um, discuss something old that we've watched that we may love or maybe we don't love and we've revisited it and something new that we've discovered. It may be a new show, it may be a new film, or it may be something that is just new to us. It may, and it's very exciting. Uh, there's nothing blue uh, and there's nothing... The language sometimes is a bit blue, but well, and what's the other thing? Borrowed. Um, I have borrowed. No, I haven't borrowed anything. These are even my headphones. So yeah, nothing borrowed. But it's not no. a wedding, so it's fine. <laughs> we are not getting married. Um, how are you, Emma? Uh, I'm well. Uh, a bit stressed. Yeah, work is a little bit hectic. Lightning has just flashed from outside the window, and I've just moved. Yeah, I've so- just moved house, so I've got. Uh, a new home office slash podcasting studio. So, Len, if the audio is terrible, I apologise. Uh, I'm just learning the uh, audio quality of my L-shaped office. The angles. Angles and that, it? Very important. And how are you, Lucy? Um, I'm okay. I actually started a new job this week. What? So, back in the office. It's tiring, guys. How did we ever do this when it was constant? I'm knackered. I look, I look like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus right now. Like my hair. Yeah, but we and love her. We love her. Face. She is good. She was a good role model. Um, I'm fine. I do. There's one thing I just want to play. Pay a little tribute to um, anyone that's kind of into film or TV, and that's obviously why we do this podcast. Um, we've been saddened and shocked to hear of the passing of Michael K. Williams. Oh, um, it's yeah, it's really shaken me up and just really upset me more than I would have expected and I yeah I think the performances that he's left behind whether in The Wire, Boardwalk Empire or even though we didn't really love the show of Lovecraft um, Country some of his scenes in it were fantastic and he was such an authentic performer and I think anyone that loves film or TV as we do especially TV in regards to him will be experiencing the loss and I just thought you know what I want to say a few words about him. So there we go. Sure, and it was a massive shock, wasn't it? And it was one of those things where you weren't expecting it. uh, You weren't anticipating that to be a thing. There wasn't an issue. It wasn't like, you know, we thought this was something that was likely to happen. And, you know, some amazing performances. And, And I think for me, his performance in Lovecraft Country... Lovecraft? Lovecraft. It's actually quite hard to say. Lovecraft Country uh, was one of the standouts. Um, Like, Mm. as much as we might have had some arguments about how his character was portrayed, his performance was stunning. And um, Lucy was actually the one that announced it to the group. Uh, Yes, Uh, I saw it on Twitter and I was just. I was devastated. It's one of those things, it doesn't sink in. You're like, those words, what do those words mean? Because that can't mean what I think it would mean. yeah, just devastated by it and definitely going to rewatch The Wire. I never actually finished it, which is classic me. So that could be my something old in about, give me like six months and I will come back. And it could be old and yeah. new because it, well, it's an old show, but newish to me. In 2022, uh, perhaps we might discuss The Wire and Boardwalk Empire because I have seen neither of them. Okay, well, which Project, is... we've said this before, haven't we, about Boardwalk? 
Yep, it's still on a post-it on my desk that I've moved from my old house <laughs> to my new house saying, watch Boardwalk Empire. NB. Yeah. To-do list. Much yeah. more. Long-term to-do. Must watch. Um, for anyone that's new to this particular podcast and a fan-critical plethora of content, uh, what what is something old, something new, Lucy? We, uh, we talk about something old that we... Each of us watch something old. So it could be a TV or a film, um, something that we've seen basically so we're revisiting something we've already seen um and then we watch something new so that could be something it could be from the 70s it could be an old film or show but we haven't seen it so it is new to us or it could be something actually new um i'll go into it first i think you were first last time so i will do my something old and something new they're not really linked but there is actually a the sort there is a theme you could if you were a bit trying to be tenuous you could extract a theme between them um so my something old is a film from 1999 that i loved when i was young so i saw it in the cinema i used to go and see such good films when i was young um now like the last film i saw in cinema was in the heights so you know my taste has plummeted as my age has increased Mm. still want to see that though so you know it's fine like it's good but um the film i'm talking about i feel like it's quite underrated because it's such a good film and watching it again I was like wow this is like quality like the quality is tangible the people in it are at the most beautiful like one actor in particular I'm like I'm getting a bit distracted by how beautiful you are um and I remember when I was younger when I went to see it I was like obsessed with him I'm gonna stop all the uh tease yes um the talented Mr Ripley 1999 Anthony Minghella. I mean, that that is a classic. Uh, what led you back to the talented Mr. Ripley, Lucy? I feel like I saw, I saw a gif or something on Twitter. <laughs> I think, you know what it was? It, I think that it was a thread on the most beautiful actors or actresses you've seen in a film. And it was Jude Law in this film. And I was like... He is beautiful in that. In general. Uh, yes. But yeah. He's a beautiful man. But in this film, it's like it's crystallized and the setting i mean the setting is the only thing that's better looking than him oh my god the amalfi coast so i we're all in a bit of an escapism mode i haven't managed to leave the country i did get a passport for my baby um because i had these grand plans of going to croatia for a week but i bitched out and i was like i'm not doing all the tests like yeah starting a new job i don't want to get um covid so i did it like vicariously through uh matt damon and the gang and it's just, it really stood out well. I watched it with Aaron, who hadn't seen it. Um, we did watch it in two parts, which was not intentional. It just it just ended up like that. Um, yeah, I just don't think it gets the plaudits that it deserves, like, to this day. People so, don't really talk about it. Two things for this. One, uh, the novel is written by Patricia Highsmith, right? Yes. Have you ever, yes. Have you ever read it? Yes. Yeah, and, and so I read it, funnily enough, uh, in about, I don't know, 2010, 2011, I think I read it for university and I'd never seen the film. And then I think I watched the film for the first time about six or seven years ago. Uh, the, the book is stunning. Like it's a really great piece of wordsmithery, if that makes She's sense. She's a great writer. Unbelievably She's, good. suspense um, writer. She also does some really good short stories, um, all quite chilling and quite twisted, um, which I very much enjoy. And then she's done a few Ripley books, hasn't she? And she did Strangers on a Train, I believe. Uh, like Patricia. So the film, Strangers on a Train, was Hitchcock, right? 
yeah, and she did. Her first novel was Strangers on a Train. Yeah. Uh, which, that for a debut? Which, according to Wikipedia, proved modestly successful upon publication in 1950. Well, uh, there you go. Modestly successful. Um, but, I mean, the film is great, isn't it? Because, it, like you say, the the setting, the, like, the Amalfi Coast, I'd love to go. It's on my bucket list. Stunning. It's so beautifully filmed. And I think it's so... Uh, what's the word for it? Aesthetically pleasing as a, vis- really a visual experience. It's really stunning, isn't it? But the way the um, cinematography also makes it quite threatening. Like it's so beautiful. It's almost dazzling. And it's because of how dazzled you are, you're not seeing what's really there. And I mean, yeah, you've got Jude Law. It's just beautiful. And his character, Dickie Greenleaf, is described as like when he, you have his attention, it's like the sun is on you. And then when he looks away, it's very cold. And it's true. And he does that so well. Gwyneth Paltrow is stunning in it. Matt Damon, he's done up to look all gawky. And he's not really my thing anyway. Um, he is so good in this film. This is one of his best performances. Well, I think the way you describe the cinematography reflects the whole point of the story, doesn't it? Is that, you know, mm. you're you're dazzled by the visual, which is the mask that you don't, you know, it, it, from an outsider's perspective watching the film, you feel that kind of undercurrent of yeah. danger. Um, but you can see how you'd be so dazzled by the front that you don't see what's you, really behind it. You don't see the back yeah, alleys. You'd be and seduced. The, yeah. yeah. And actually, you talk about the cast. I mean, Jude Law, Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow. Pure, like, 90s top talent. Excellence. Really and then you've got, Kate, you've got Kate Blanchett, also looking stunning. Philip Seymour Hoffman pops up. Oh. He is brilliant. Jack Davenport's in it as well. Love a Brit. And it's just like, oh, shit, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's just, oh, you're all beautiful. You're all, oh, they just don't make films like that anymore, I don't think. Films that are like prestige pieces. Yeah, that's, it's almost like, I feel like they do that stuff more on TV now where they have more time to actually tell these stories on location. But I really loved watching it again. It did make me want to go to the Amalfi Coast and just Italy in general but it also showed another side of that life which I think is good it's not just like the idealized American dream of being in Italy well also let's be honest there's an Americanized vision of a lot of European uh settings and countries and uh, lifestyles that is not accurate um but I but I think that plays into the the theme of the the film and the story and and the storyline and obviously the series of 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 that and I think so I always find Matt Damon really challenging because uh, on the face of it I think well, I don't really like Matt Damon but I've never seen him do something that I haven't liked it, it, do you know what I mean it's a really weird I don't really like Matt Damon either as I don't really like him as a person I feel like he was embroiled quite a lot in the um, Harvey Weinstein who produced this film. You is know, that why? Ob- is obviously that why, knew yeah. a lot, didn't say much. And then when it came to it was very, now that I'm a father of daughters, I understand. And and just, be- he was like, believe women. But if they say anything about my friend, then I know that it's not true. And I just, not that that, and that didn't like, interrupt my viewing. Um, but I kind of think as having someone with maybe not the most likable persona is actually quite good. Because then you watch them and mm. you're not thinking anything about them. You're actually... And this this character who's so kind of needy and obsequious and he's just, he can adapt to any situation to get what he wants. I enjoyed watching it and there are times you're like, 
wanting him to get away with it. And I think that's such, in these sort of films, that is such a powerful thing where you know they're wrong, you know they're bad, but when they're about to get caught, you're like, oh no, quick, make something up or like turn that corner so you don't get found. And that's a really like, that's really compelling and is like testament to his performance. I think there's a there's a telling um, of a talent when you're watching a film with an actor that personally you don't like. And there are a number of actors that I personally, as people, think, ah, oh, you fucking dick. Um, but as actors in certain classic films, I mean, we're talking 99, 22 years ago. It's a long time ago. It was a very different world. I mean, I was 10 in 99. Um, but you don't know my full name, listeners, so you can't steal my identity. Um, but but they you know do, they will if they listen back to any any of the other podcasts. I don't full name people, so you're safe here. Well, also even if you full named me, it'd be very hard to steal my identity because I go by a different name. Ah, uh, yes, ah. yes, secret identity, <clears throat> secret identity. Yep, I am a bit like the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, but but I think you, you can you can watch something from. Weirdly enough, my something old is also from 1999, and and then it, vintage a, year. It's a particularly kind of it is a vintage year for certain types of film, and I think if you even if you have a particular opinion of somebody 22 years later, you can still appreciate the talent and the story and the storytelling of, of what they do in a film, and I and I you know that the talented Miss Ripley is beautiful. Mm. And it was the f- kind of one of the first of its kind. And bear in mind, it was filmed nearly 50 years after the publication of the initial story. I think. Not, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, and But it's timeless, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, it, it, it is timeless. And watching it back, um, it doesn't feel dated because of the period setting. Um, and yeah, that's just done so well the performances the music's really fantastic also that really adds to the sense of dread of suspense um yeah just the the pacing of it is it's just yeah really because although I saw it when I was really young I haven't really seen it that much so I couldn't remember I think I've only seen it once yeah I mean it's on Netflix so I definitely Sunday night film really recommend watching it stands up very well and um yeah, Matt Damon's really, uh, really impressive in it because I don't think that's an easy, that's not an easy character to play to get the levels and the layers of his desperation to fit in, the kind of anger, the rage actually that he has against these people that have everything and take it for granted. Um, the charm that he has when he is, you know, spoiler warning, when he's taking someone's identity and pretending to be them, he transforms and he becomes good looking and he becomes charming. And it's really a great performance. It's multi-layered and I've enjoyed watching him in it. And yeah, I mean, I say I don't really like him. I'm not, I don't hate him. I mean, we watched, we've discussed a couple of Kevin Spacey films and he's really been accused and not denied some heinous things. Not And Matt Damon's just, I think, a bit of a douche. That, like, I don't have anything he He's one really of those individuals that is kind of, uh, complicit by inaction, um, mm. but but also I, I think there is a, a a point where you go from a film twenty two years ago. You have to just appreciate the talent. Oh, for sure. And, and it, he's not, you know, he's not a criminal or anything no. that we know of. Just a bit, a bit of tone deaf and a bit oblivious. 
which yeah. you know is many people are guilty of and it's a, a really good performance and i've seen him in we we have we covered goodwill hunting and this was a couple of years after. i was about to say that great, yeah what a great start to your career really because these are two like fantastic films in which you are fantastic and you know what did he ever really live up to that again no we went on to jason bourne he went and did all that I fell asleep the first time I tried to watch that and I will never return. Like, Action Man, really, he could have actually become more of a character actor, I think. And, and I think that's really the thing. did it, did they? No, and that that's the shame, I think, about um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, is that the, both of them are absolutely stunning character, dramatic actors. Like, so we did Good Bull Hunting because how the fuck had I never seen that? And I, I remember watching it for the first time and then having that conversation, but just thinking, fuck me. The two of them are stunning actors. I mean, yeah. they, they embody those characters wholly. Like you can imagine them being very kind of method actors and very, and, and Matt Damon especially, I, th- I think he blew me away in that yeah. performance. And you just think, in The Talented Miss Ripley, utterly, utterly fantastic. But after that, there is a kind of level where you think you've, You've sold stagnated. out, stagnated yeah. or sold out a little bit. And you, there are other actors where I look at, so Keanu Reeves, for example, is I love Keanu. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? And you look at him and you think you've only ever picked roles that you really fucking love the story from. So Constantine, for example, not the best film in the world. Um, I love it. I think it's a great film. John Wick, the same. The the reasoning behind Keanu's choice for that role is because he just really loves the story. He never does anything like super mainstream, but people love it because it's Keanu Reeves. And I think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but you know Matt Damon specifically around this, could could have really sold himself as a real dramatic, like fully involved character actor. But he sort of just kind of. Flop, he got seduced by he, the mainstream, I think. Yeah, he kind of he's flobbled along. Good films like The Departed's one that sticks out, just because. Again, I think he's really good in that. It's another character that's not likable, but you do kind of root for him a bit um, because you understand you know, you, you, the humanity. You could compare, of it, right? Yeah, but you could, if you wanted to, just speaking about that film, compare his career to Leonardo DiCaprio's. And again, Leonardo's not someone that I love as a person from what I know of him but as an actor he's always chosen really interesting roles I mean they're all of, of a type it has to be said but Matt could have gone Matt my mate Matt could have gone down that road but I think the action films just I don't know you know he's... did you ever watch 30 Rock the show yeah he's so good in that yeah. he's actually really funny and could have seen more comedy I don't know I just think Matt I'm sure he doesn't mind. And I like The Martian. That's a good film. It's not too blockbustery. It's I mean, that Ridley Scott, isn't it? So it's always gonna have a bit of a brain. Um so he's not he's not like wasted his career by any stretch, but I just think considering the two films we've covered of him when like so early in his career, you really think he would have gone on to make more work that's a bit more profound than it is than he actually has made. And it's almost that weird thing of like, he hasn't sold out at all. He's just sort of, I mean, stagnated. You said that that's the right term. And I think also you talk about my mate, Matt. He is the kind of actor where you watch him in a role and you think, I can imagine having a beer with you down the pub in whatever character you play 
Therefore, I feel a bit kind of just disappointed for you. But then you look back at his early career and you sort of like, what, late 90s at Good Bull Hunting, Talented Mr. Ripley. Saving Private Ryan, I've just Yeah, remembered. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> Sorry. And, like, and, and there's that period of time and it is kind of the golden age of modern cinema, isn't it? Like late 90s to early noughties. There's this like five or six year period where things are just... It's just really good. It's before we started repeating our stories, essentially. It's before all the superheroes and Marvel yes. and just blockbusters, and sequel, sequel, sequel. Love that. Great. Really enjoy it. But there, there's a unique period of time where there are some really stunning, like dramatic acting performances that we don't see anymore. And I, and I, and I really I genuinely might go and watch this film tonight. I think you should. Yeah, I Re- think really, oh, beautiful, and just the way the tension is increased. Um, yeah, loved it. Storyline, how things work out in his favor, how he makes things work out in his favor, the relationship between him and Dicky, and how it changes, and with him and Marge played by um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, loved it. Really loved watching it again. Because um, there was another film Gwyneth that I was going to choose, but. I, you know, Gwyneth's someone I'm just like, fair fucks. Like, it's funny to me because she is such... She's a stereotype of something that she created. Yeah, and it's like, fine to be was... funny, except for when you buy one of her vagina candles and yeah, it well, explodes and sets your flat on fire. And I say that only because my other half, Joe, is a firefighter and he has talked about that. And they've even given lectures about the dangers of candles to the local community. I mean, I don't think candles are the problem. I think she's just... But she she created this whole holistic lifestyle thing. There's a story about she went to yoga somewhere, um, like some chi-chi place in um, LA or whatever. And the girl behind the desk was like, have you done yoga before? And she was like, the only reason you're doing yoga is because I did yoga. And it's like she kind of started that whole trend of like wellness and yoga. Like at the same sort of time she was with, well, Brad, who was she with for ages? Brad, Brad Pitt. And she was with Ben Affleck. And then yeah. Chris Martin. Duke. Chris Martin's the one. And then they had a baby and called it Apple. I'm not. Yeah. And also, so that's no. what I mean. That's that's no, her. Gwyneth. That's her brand. Wasn't you? It was. It was uh, the. Well, now, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but actually, yoga comes from a particular part of religion, non-Christianity but, no, religion. But, ma- but making it making it mainstream. I mean, she's not saying I created yoga. She's saying the reason you're working in this place for posh blonde women to come and do yoga is because I did it. Like I sort of brought it to the masses, brought it mainstream. That's what she means. I I, I agree with her. And I think it's quite a funny thing to say. It's like, yep, you are, you spearheaded this. So who do you think spearheaded the modern movement for yoga? Jane for Fon- all these Jane Fonda. Uh, no, she was, was, she, um, was aerobics. She, she was aerobics. Uh, no, I think Gwyneth, I think Gwyneth's right. Like this whole, she might be, she might wellness. be. It's and- just funny that she would say that. <laughs> it was just part of me then that was going, is she in my film? Um, she's not, no. And also, spoiler warning, it is a film. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I just can't, you can't call your child Apple. But she she was, that there was a, a golden age for Gwyneth. Well, yeah, I mean, quite. all Everyone in this film, Kate Blanchett's probably the only one. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffmore, men obviously died Kate Blanche has been pretty consistent with being but even that's dropped off a bit Ocean's 12 Thor Ragnarok Thor Ragnarok was amazing but you know she's not doing 
the high it's art. It's not I mean, the same, Carol, is it? No. She she probably most of all. I think Gwyneth's pretty much retired now. She doesn't really make films. Too busy with yoga. Jude Law. Eh. Jaeger and candles that smell like vaginas. Yeah. What else has he done recently? Just shagged his nanny. loads of kids. Yeah. <laughs> eh. I mean, every every Christmas I watch the holiday, so I'm sure he's getting his little well, uh, royalties do, from that. Do you want a fun story about the holiday? I do. Uh, so firstly, I've never seen it. Uh, sec- well, secondly, how the fuck have you not seen the holiday? Secondly, the reason why is because they filmed it in a, uh, a town in Surrey called Godalming. Lovely. Uh, while I was at college in that town. Wow. Is it as nice as it looks in the film? Uh, oh, it's lovely. And if you've got about £4 million for a one-bedroom flat, you can live there. It's lovely. Sold. Um, but no, I, I remember being at college, my first year of college and uh, people were like, oh my God, we've just seen... Jude Law and Sienna Miller down in the middle of the town. They've just, you know, they've gone for a pint at the pub. And I was like, ah, fuck off. And then walked down to go to the station and was like, oh shit, there are actually film crews everywhere. Googled it. When I got home to the dial-up and was like, oh, they're filming a film called The Holiday. And then life got in the way and never watched it. Um, So I might watch it, you know, maybe when I have my next week off. Uh, Watch it at Christmas. Yeah, Christmas film. I'll it's add it. Film. I'll add it to my Christmas list. Um, but I don't, you know, apart from the old Shag and the Nanny thing, Jude Law has done some quite good things, actually, as an actor. I'm literally trying to think of anything that's not this film. Yeah, I've just said that, and I actually... Not because I'm, like, actually dissing him, but I'm like, what else have you made? Because I cannot think. The Holiday, Alfie wasn't very good. No, that was quite poor, actually. He's just handsome oh well he did this film oh, he did watson with um with robert downey jr didn't he no exactly not good not good not like wow that's a good film I'm oh we played it. young dumbledore didn't he in the fantastic beasts again not good oh actually here's the thing he was good in so he was in the grand budapest hotel as a bit part and that was funny that's a good film but he's not really in it um he, close he is was good fine. Yeah, actually, um, true. Contagion. Never really what? Oh, Matt's in that as well. Matt. Yeah, Matt and Marion Cotillard. God, yeah, he's not really been in much. No, Anna actually, Karenina was okay. I mean, he's been in loads, but he hasn't been in anything that's like. I think wow. he's Jude Law for me, and I know we've gotten a real tangent here, but I'm, I'm going with it. Jude Law for me is great as a supporting actor bit part. So think about him as Errol Flynn in The Aviator. Lovely. Nailed it. Yeah. Not in it for long. Just very good. Just for a bit. Yeah. That's basically Ro- his role. Road to Perdition. His part, very good. Um, He's good in AI, artificial intelligence. Bizarre film. But Julia yeah. as a sex robot makes total sense to me. So I get that. I think we can all feel that. We can all feel that. Um, yeah, he's just not in anything that really stands out. Too, too busy shagging the nanny. Wow. Okay, well, we'll always have the talented Mr. Ripley where Jude Law in a green jumper that matches his eyes just, I was like, this is too distracting. Ugh. He just, he's like a work of Bre- art. It's just beauty beyond. In- English beauty at his best. Oh, prime. Okay, we're going to move on from the film. Great film as it is because we've gone on about it for ages. So that was my something old. What is your something new? Well... Uh, I'm going to really fuck with the uh, the structure here. Are you going to do your something old? Well, because my something old leads into my something new. 
Okay. So uh, a couple of, oh, maybe six weeks ago, I think it was just after we'd last recorded something on something new, we were having a chat, Joe and I, at home about uh, like classic films that we love that aren't that great, but that are bloody fantastic. And then we were flicking through on the actual, the telly, the live telly, and oh, wow. uh, Film 4 was showing one of my favourite action classics of all time Ooh, i think I, I think i might know well because i think i saw this was on and i was like that is amazing but we watched something else but carry on please ironically that same day there had been a series of memes uh and uh, general kind of internet postings about a certain actor who had put on some weight and started wearing a hat that actor was <laughs> brendan fraser and I was really defensive Aww. of Brendan because I yeah, think he's wonderful. Alone. Leave him alone. He so, is a wonderful man. So I'm going to, I know you're going to guess this, but I'm going to give everybody else some clues to listen to. So firstly, uh, local tidbit. Uh, some elements of this film were filmed in a place called French and Ponds, which is about 15 minutes away from where I live. Uh, it's where I used to go. My dad used to windsurf on the lakes there on the ponds. Um, and... It's great. And we'd also been having a conversation about um, how I'd always wanted to be a librarian. And uh, I wished that I could have been a librarian like Evie. Uh, so She is so beautiful. She is the best. Yeah, we're talking about a good looking film, okay? Right, I mean, stunning I'll film. I'm sorry, but they're See, all bloody amazing looking. Right, so in this film, you have got Brendan Fraser in his prime. You've got Rachel Weisz, stunning. John Hanna handsome English lad. Well, no, I, I didn't include no. him in that. Then you've got Oded Fair. Uh, yes. Really, Looking really like beautiful. Looking like fucking George Harrison in his prime. Just yes. floating in with his glorious He's waves blue. and his face tattoos. Uh, and if you haven't guessed it, this film uh, is about an English librarian called Evelyn Carnahan who becomes interested in starting an archaeological dig at the ancient city of Hamanaptra. It is, of course... The 1999 Stephen Summers classic, The Mummy. Um, I love The Mummy. Right, this is one of my top 10 films of all time. I, I have watched this probably about eight or nine times since it came out, which for me is a lot. I don't really watch stuff very often. There's something really gentle but exciting about it, like stupid things. Occasionally someone will say something and you go... You must not read from the book. <laughs> you know, like ridiculous stuff like that. But it's one of those films that I could probably quote 50% of it to you. And we sat and we watched it. Joe fell asleep because he had been at work. And in fairness, he does work hard. Um, and I forced myself to stay awake to watch it because I love it so much. And there's like the the chemistry between your main character, your John Hannah. Um, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz have such a fantastic like relationship as actors I think they bounce off each other really well and um, it just it doesn't get old you still stand there and you look at Omar Jali and go don't fucking touch the scarabs it's gonna go in your head and you're gonna die and like oh, which still makes me feel really creepy and horrible it's not amazing but it is it's what it is, Wonderful. it's very old fashioned in the way that movies used to be. Mm. Like the way it's crafted, the way it's constructed. It's very comforting to watch. And, and it's very classic. It's a classic movie. And you don't get films like this anymore because 
there's usually too much CGI or it's a sequel. I know I sound like someone's dad complaining about these things, like old man yells at cloud over here. No, 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 but you're right. It's true. And it's there's something old fashioned about it. You've got the old school movie star quality of Brendan Fraser. You've got the kind of damsel in distress, but not of Rachel Weiss. You've got even, um, who is it? Arnold Prinsloo. I can't believe I remember his name, but he was yeah, in yeah. Blood Diamond, Imitate. which we watched. He looks great. Like he's just a, a striking person. And, I look at him and I'm like, yes, you could be a, a um, like Egyptian priest from BC. And I know he's South African, so it doesn't really make any sense. But it looks like one of the old films where you might have the mummy in it, like one of the old, really like old Hollywood films. And just his physicality, his face, the love story between him and um, Anak Sunamun. Anak Sunamun! It's actually really touching. And it uh, you just don't get... I feel like a lot of modern films they don't care about story they care about spectacle but the story of this is you know it's solid there is a story and it's not like there isn't spectacle so I mean there are elements of this film that are ridiculous but they they fit right so we yeah, we then watch the pieces. the mummy returns so, you know and, I love that as well it's CGI you... rock I love oh. it I just love it but and it's a point where you go oh guys you fucked it. But I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is. I mean, you talk about Brendan Fraser. He is classically handsome, right? Forget forget Tarzan. Forget all of that. He in this, he is in his element because he is that chiselled, uh, chivalrous, slightly rough around the edges mm. man. And wise cracking. Yeah, he has a sense of humour, but he has a sense of honour, and he has a sense of um, kind of propriety does that make sense and yeah and he plays it really beautifully and that and even like you think about uh the guy that loses his eyes and his mouth but they're all gentlemen right and there are some of them who are slightly rough around the edges the americans are a bit shitter um sorry americans but that's the way they're portrayed in the film i'm not saying that you are as people i'm just saying in the film so like mr burns who huh Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. He, he loses his eyes and he's like, look at this, take my tongue. Um, but it is the acting in all of this. There's not one single person I look at and I think, oh, that's a bit rough, isn't it? I genuinely think they're all fantastic. The guy that plays the doctor who yells about using the book. When when Odette Fair turns up as Ardeth Bay for the first time, you're like, who is this beautiful yeah. Egyptian this man? Man with the tattoos Who is on his he? face. I love he him. He's great. And you know, it just all of those things are are fantastic. And there there is nothing about this film that I can fault in its way. Like I mean, like Captain Winston in his little plane, and then they get stuck in the. It's a terrible CGI sandstorm of like Imhotep's face that's swallowing the plane. He gets them out of it, and then he dies and sinks into the quicksand. And as I'm saying it, it sounds ridiculous, but when you watch it, but it's it, actually got a story. Like Imhotep, yeah, it how nails he, the how tone. he rises again, how he was entombed. It's like they have made a story. It's not just... There are no gaps in it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just that's solid. And okay, if such things did exist, like Egyptian magic, maybe it does, we don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. It's not ridiculous like, this is stupid, that would never happen. And the second one is a bit more ridiculous. It's very ridiculous, but I still love it. Yeah, I mean, the the mummy returns. solid. Yeah. And I mean, you just think about, like, even the accuracy of going, you know, Evie is the daughter of an archaeologist who funded like the library 
in Cairo, right? Which is not inaccurate. They wouldn't have thought she was any good. Actually, she's the smartest person in that fucking building. And but it but it's so accurate to the thirties. And I just and also she is when you talk about classic beauty, she is Love like, her face. So fucking Love beautiful. her eyebrows. Although her they make whole... her eyebrows really twenties, don't they? Which is good. Like thin, I mean. Uh, yeah, well, and she, let's talk she about does the, really the well. styling. The styling of oh, this gosh, film yeah. is spot on. It it's it's modern enough that in 1999, 21 years ago, 22 years ago, you could look at it and think, oh, I could wear that in a version. But it's also it's also close enough that you feel yourself absorbed into like the 1930s. And, you know, there's the whole thing about a woman wearing pants and you think, yeah, God, that would have been ridiculous. But she she nails it so well. And she's so good at that very vintage thing. She's got a very kind of 30s, 40s face. Classic English rose, English beauty, but she's clever and she's sassy. It is one of my favourite films of all time. And I have yeah, just... it's a very... You know, that's on on a Sunday and there's been many a time, you know, when you're like trying to find a film. What are we going to watch? I, we can't agree on anything. We're like, should we just watch The Mummy? Like, yeah, just watch The Mummy. Because it's just like a classic you're never going to get let down it delivers everything you want it to and they remade i'm not going to say they remade it but they made a the mummy with russell crowe and tom cruise which to me i'm like wow like again two people that i don't particularly like as people but i'm like oh that's that could be like an actual you know good old-fashioned blockbuster but apparently i didn't even see it but apparently it was really shit i refuse to watch it it's it's gotta be i'm sorry it's got to be Brendan Fraser. I'm not having anything else. Um, yeah, what happened to him is really sad. He seems happy. Leave him alone. He was sexually assaulted, though. Oh, that bit. Yeah, no, that's awful. <laughs> I thought you... Is it bad? Yes, it is yeah, I mean, bad. That is and it's sort terrible. Of, from, what, from what you know, it kind of shook him to the point that it affected his career. I'm not saying about how he looks, because no one... No heartthrobs look like how they did 20 years ago. So None of us look the way we did he, 20 years ago. No. And it, as long as he is happy, that's fine. It's more just, he was so charming. He has so much old school movie star charisma that to, to lose his career due to a predator is really fucking horrible. Yeah. No, and, and I apologise that I'd, um, that slipped my mind on, on the point that uh, predominantly over the last couple of months, all I've heard is people moaning about the fact that he's fat and it's like, who gives a fuck? Like, leave yeah, him alone. That's not leave him relevant. alone. Definitely he's a human being and he's done some really wonderful things. Even that terrible film we did with Liz Hurley was great. Ha. What was that? It Bedaz- was a- Bedaz- Bedazzled. Bedazzled. Yes. Bedeviled. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. And um, so so I, I'm just going to take over the structure to say that this then led on to my something new because we'd watched this and I went, oh, how do you feel about The Rock? And Joe was like, you know, he is great but also terrible. Um, he's not terrible well no i disagree i'm i'm quoting verbatim they went what what about that new film that he's in um with jack whitehall and i was like what jack whitehall oh jungle cruise so we watched jungle cruise with dwayne johnson emily blunt jack whitehall and and actually that's like literally a similar vibe isn't it Right, the big muscly man, the prim English woman, and then the the stupid camp right. English man. So we started watching this, and I went, 
There is a moment here where Emily Blunt's character is trying to steal something from a museum and she knocks over a bookcase and that is 100% a scene lifted from The Mummy when Evie knocks over all of the bookcases in the Cairo Museum Library, like Domino's. However, I have got to say that is like two of the funnest most fantastic hours of a new film that I have experienced in about three years. Oh, wow. It was fucking hilarious. Dwayne Johnson was unbelievably... Please, can you either call him The Rock or Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Because I hate hearing him being called Dwayne Johnson. It freaks me out. I don't know why I said that. I never do that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Yeah. Was as as good as his tequila, which is delicious (laughs) from what I remember. Oh, it's lovely, yeah. Um, He was fantastic. He played it perfectly in that kind of quite camp... You knew it was a bit of a parody, um, but he was aware of it. Do you know what I mean? So so it's a bit like, um, what's the other one that's in uh, with Jack Black? Oh, Jumanji. I like yeah. that as well. So I love it. Brilliant. But because you can tell that he's aware that he's kind of taking the piss of the character and of himself a little bit because he is a caricature of, of a person. He's a bit like, when I look at Joe, I look at him and I think, what are you, you giant fireman man? Um, and But The Rock is a bit like that, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. He threw himself into this role so well. Emily Blunt, hilarious, wonderful, very Rachel Vice vibes. Jack Whitehall, better than John Hanna at playing the exact same character. <laughs> and genuinely, you've got to watch it, Luce. It, it is excellent. Just It does look fun. It's the sort of thing I would watch. It's a it fun thing. like a laugh. And that's the thing. It's a fun film. It's a laugh. It's it's really well shot. Um, it is not pretending to be anything other than what it is. No one has explicitly said we've remade the mummy, but in a jungle. But, if, but, but it harks back to those old fashioned yeah. swashbuckling, and I like that. I yeah, like an old fashioned it, film. It's, it's kind of like a bit of an amalgamation of the mummy and the first pirates of the Caribbean, right? So it's See, a the bit... first pirates is just perfection when it comes to being a blockbuster. Isn't it? And they Isn't did, it? I mean, I messaged you, didn't I? I was like, there is a Pirates of the Caribbean called I've seen it now. Revenge that has Javier Bardem in it. it. I had no fucking idea this film existed. It, they're all so bad. Past, past fucking the atrocious. One, they're basically unwatchable and they're so incomprehensible and they pack so many different characters in all of a sudden. You're like, who the fuck is this other pirate that's now a stingray? Like, it's so shit. But that so, first yeah, Pirates the, and The Mummy... perfect. Are, yeah, spot on. I mean, they are they are the perfect version of a, a, a slightly piss-taking version of a classic story. And it, But this... I, I really think you'd enjoy it, genuinely. Uh, I, and I just think what I've enjoyed about it... I think, actually, Jack Whitehall might have been my favourite bit. He was fucking hilarious. It's very good. But I, but for me, it's also the kind of the publicity around it. So I follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson because I love him as a person and he'd been promoting it a lot. And what he's been doing over the last couple of months has been promoting a lot of videos of interviews of him and Emily Blunt. And fuck me, their chemistry yeah. is insanely good. They're funny. They're really funny together. And it just Hilarious. shows. Like, I think he's very like open and very willing to learn and to just get on with people. And he's just got that kind of like, vibe hasn't he I think like 
he's not precious he's not stuck up he's very like down to earth and just willing to yeah get involved and yeah take the piss out of himself or whatever and and also to admit that you know he is a bit of a kind of caricature of of a person and and he does so you watch him and kevin hart like quite there's quite a few quite funny sketches of the two of them or like skits of them in interviews where you know they will joke about the fact that kevin hart is about two foot tall and the rock is not human like what is he what is he um and i like that he has humility and he has kind of he can laugh at himself but the, the him and Emily Blunt have such amazing chemistry and I, I laughed and I was on the edge of my seat but I was in hysterics and then I was really into the whole spoiler warning there's a romance um, but I really bought into all of it even though I knew it was nonsense and I think that's what makes a really good film and do you know what fair play fair play to Dwayne The Rock Johnson for playing to his strength and I, I genuinely think he did a really good job yeah, we are big fans of him on this show. Well, me and you are. Don't know about the others, but as you know, because I do cast him and cast it a lot. He he gets cast. I mean, speaking of you, always talk about him. I always talk about Florence Pugh. Um, have you seen Fighting with My Family? No, which stars both of them. Okay, so British film. You have to watch it because she's obviously fantastic. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, Jack something. He's a Scottish actor. He plays her brother. Really good. So they're great actors. But then they're on screen with The Rock and it's just like they're blown out of the water just by his charisma. And he's playing himself. He oozes it. like, you are a fucking movie star. And he's on screen. And me and we were watching, me and Aaron, we were both just smiling at him, just like, because he's just. And he does. You can't look at him. You can't look at him and not smile, can you? Because he's just great. If you smell, what the rock? Like, oh my God, I love this. This is brilliant. Like, you need to watch it. Now, that's a good film. That's a feel-good film. All right, that's on my list. I'm going to put it on the post-it along with The Wire uh, that I still haven't gotten around to. I would say, oh, genuinely, please watch it and and let me know what you think because I, like, fuck what everyone else thinks. I genuinely think for a bit of fun, which we all need right now. Yeah. I'm Great. always up to that sort of thing. Uh, Lucy, what, what's your something new? Okay, so my something new is a show. It's new, as in it's, it's out now, I think. Um, it's on HBO. So it's on, I think, Sky Atlantic in the UK and wherever you watch HBO elsewhere, I don't know, called White Lotus. I don't know if you've heard of this. Oh, it rings a bell, but no. Um, it's created by Mike White, who directed School of Rock. Oh, okay. So directed by Mike White, who directed um, School of Rock. It's created by Mike White anyway. And it's basically about this group of separate guests at a tropical paradise hotel called White Lotus in Hawaii. And they're all obviously very privileged, but some more so than others. And it's just how it's how things unfold on the island. So it's funny. It's like a, a black comedy. Um six episodes but about an hour long each really enjoyed it like just something quite easy to watch like Ooh. it's got um who is it got in it so jennifer coolidge is an absolute you know oh jennifer yeah yeah, yeah yeah mom stifler's mom yeah she was in legally blonde she's in friends an episode she's in sex and city like yeah. she's just fucking hilarious but also quite touching her character's you need to watch it to believe it um i think as a as an actress, she always has that kind of on the surface. It's Stifler's mom. It's um, what was the other one you brought up? Not Friends. Um, 
in Legally Blonde. Yeah, Legally Blonde and Stifler's, like, Stifler's Mum in American Pie. Like, those roles on the surface are ridiculous and very caricaturist, but but under it, you can feel the humanity of her. I, I think she's fucking amazing. As she's uh, in this film, in this film, oh. in the show. She's really because she's she's uh, she is ridiculous. The character's like basically semi comatose, like kind of traumatized, but just like oh, oh, what am I? Yes, what am I doing? But she's that sound makes it sound bad. Um, but then she's so funny and so oblivious. But you really do feel for her like beyond the ridiculousness which is a really um it's quite hard to do I think but the main character is um the kind of the hotel the hotel manager who's this quite camp Australian guy called Armand and we were just obsessive in watching him he's so he's almost a bit like a sort of better I have to stop you there because that's that felt very South African yeah I don't know quite, quite camp hold on he's, can we do an Australian that was yeah he's quite camp that's South African gonna, no it isn't he's quite he's camp the... he's quite camp no that's Aussie put a shrimp on the barbie what did I say okay no that's just I don't know um, anyway it's also got Connie Britton in it who she was in um, what's it called Dear, Dear John Dirty John um, there's a few people in it but oh like yeah so she's different. great she is another kind of just rich white mom who has no idea. They've got the two girls with her that are like super woke. So they enjoy all the wealth, but they're like, oh my God, like, don't you even care about the indigenous people? Like, it's just all these different privileged people um, coming together. Like, it's really funny. But then there's kind of, you find out at the beginning of the first episode, like someone's dead. Someone died. So then it's, you watch it and you're kind of enjoying it and it's silly and there's all stuff happening but in the back of your mind like who's gonna die um so yeah i really recommend that it was just quite diverting like beautiful hawaiian um scenery funny um and yeah, uh def- remind me again lucy where we can find that on the various kind of streaming platforms so it's on hate hbo max but you can watch it on sky i'm pretty sure sky atlantic which means you could probably also watch it on uh, Now TV or... Yeah, yeah. Wherever you can watch... The American basically, one. Basically, Google The White Lotus and find out where you can watch it is, would be my advice to you because it's very funny. And it's... Every character uh, six, is just funny. Six one-hour episodes. Yeah. So we have... Um, well, apparently my life has now been planned by the most unorganised man in the world. Um, sorry to the listeners, I'm just moaning to Lucy. So Friday night, we're having a housewarming barbecue. Oh, nice. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. If you want to drive two hours to Hampshire, uh, you can come because we now have three bedrooms. It's amazing. Uh, and then Saturday, apparently we're going to a 30th birth- birthday party and then a wedding reception. I've not been given a dress code for either. And most, I'm currently sitting in a pair of cut-off jeans and a, uh, a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Um, I don't know how to dress for those things. But my point being is that Sunday, Joe is off, I'm off. The cat obviously is not working because she's lazy. And that may be six hours of television that I need for a Sunday. It's good. It's, it's not too deep. And it's not like h- hilarious comedy. I mean, like, did you ever watch Succession? Which, if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? I'm shaking my head in shame. Is what it's I'm doing. 
It's literally like the best show. Um, that it's much better than this, but it's that sort of thing of I don't really like anyone, but there's a couple of characters that you do think, yeah, you're a good person, or I feel sorry for you, so you can kind of latch on to them. But yeah, it's nothing too deep. It's just like amusing. So I always for, for the listeners, if in case you want to know this, this should probably be Patreon only. Um, but for me, the perfect hangover television is either a Disney film because I need to cry, and that's a real bad hangover, or it's something that's got some intrigue. Definitely, some someone dies, but it's not too you know like Ugh! in your face. Yeah, no, it, it's not a murder thing. It's just it's a gentle. Like... There's an event. It's a bit psychologically, oh, what's happening? You don't necessarily get too hooked into anyone and you can finish it in one day with a Domino's in the middle. Oh, God. Yes. That, that sounds that, great. That is the perfect hangover. Or it's two Disney films with a Domino's in the middle when you've sorted out your face from crying because you needed to get out. Of your mm. I like a chick flick. I just want to watch She's the Man, to be honest, whether I'm hungover or not. But yeah, I really recommend for anyone to watch uh, White Lotus. If you just want something, it's a bit of escapism. It's funny, a little bit tense, and it's just quite interesting um, sort of dynamics between the people enjoying the resort, the people that work there, and the people whose land (laughs) the hotel is on without it getting too deep and too preachy. So definite recommendation from me. Well, we'll be taking that up this weekend, whether Joe likes it or not. Thank yeah, you, Lucy. He has, no, he has no choice in this matter. Well, I think that's everything. Um, nice to have a good chat about these things. And it's good to watch two very decent things and hear about what you've... And also to chat with you about things that I've also seen. So it was nice to get into The Mummy. I'm very much enjoying the whole 1999 uh, beautiful, classically filmed styled kind of thing tantamus yeah. ripley bit of the mummy i think we might have to have a look at the other films from that year for some more something old mm, yeah so mm. get some inspo from that definitely well thank you lucy for guiding our conversation so beautifully and recommending the white lotus which is now on my yes. list for sunday and watch the talented mr ripley if you can because that's a good time right there it's a bit tense but it looks great so what more do you want defo down for that all right. Well, thank you, Emma. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Lucy, for hosting. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you soon. What's up next, Em? Is it... How the fuck have you not seen that? I think it might be. And, and I think it's... Fuck? It's a surprise how the fuckers who the fuck seen not fuck seen that. Oh, so we don't even know. No. That's how hot off the press it is. Hot off the press. So if you are subscribed to any of our channels on your podcasting platform, make sure you're subscribed to Fan Critical, the main channel. That's where you get all of our content, including How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That, the latest episode of The Worst of Netflix. And such things as Something Old, Something New, and any of our event movie coverage. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.